Welcome to Radio Wealth. You're listening to me, Craig Turnbull. Radio Wealth, inspiration and guidance for next generation property investors. Today's episode is brought to you by BrickRaise, real estate investing for all. It's a brand new and exciting way of property investing. You can start with just a small amount of your savings or super, and you won't ever have to borrow large to be a property investor. BrickRaise is now open to investors and for those looking to raise capital. Go to www.brickraise.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to Radio Wealth. It's episode 13. It's been quite an extraordinary week for me, the Hillsfar Property Group, who've disembarked on a capital race to get some funding together for uh, our coming projects, some exciting deals we're looking at in Melbourne. Uh, if you want to get involved in that, you can just email us uh, at um, hello at hillsfar.com or email into hello at craigturnbull.com for more details about getting involved in that capital raise. Um, but uh, the big excitement for the week is the launch of BrickRaise and the first retail crowdfund offering that we are ever doing. It's a $500,000 raise for a project in uh, Mount Waverley in Melbourne. It's a boutique townhouse development, which is quite exciting. Uh, should have a really good end market, and it looks to be looks to be a good project. Although you need to make up your own mind on that, I can't sort of give you a recommendation. But uh, I think it's a really exciting time uh, to be alive, and to be on the edge of something new. We've had just mountains of questions, literally, from people who want to invest, uh, aren't sure how it works, and also lots of inquiries from people who are developers or would be developers, and. These questions and answers are going to help anyone, whether you're an investor or whether you're a developer or you want to raise some capital or you just want to get involved in crowdfunding and this new way of doing business, the next generation of real estate investing. I and my team decided that the smartest thing we could do is run a a second uh, brick raise real estate crowdfunding special because of the sheer volume of questions. Um, of course, if you are an investor or you are a developer and you're keen to, to get involved, you can always call our office, uh, which is uh, 1-300-845-565, and I'll confirm that for you again a bit later. But um, And then leave a message, and myself or my team will get back to you, and we can talk you through anything that you're challenged with, something you don't understand, and try to help you complete the um, product disclosure statement to get involved. So having said that, um, I, I would go and grab a cuppa and settle in and learn about this next generation of real estate investing. Very exciting stuff, some brilliant questions. The first one comes from a gentleman named Darren who asks us, um, it'd be really handy. This is just from a developer's perspective. He wants to raise some capital. He wants to raise $2 million of equity. He says, what are the costs? Well, BrickRaise charges the developer a capital raising fee if we're successful. That doesn't come out of the investor's pocket. comes out of the developer's pocket. There's also fees to produce the product disclosure statement, which we have to have by law. And the responsible entity will also charge fees on a percentage basis based on the amount raised and, of course, successfully raising money. Uh and um, there's also a management fee that the responsible entity will charge. Now, what's the responsible entity? This is an independent licensed body who has uh, an Australian financial services license who will, I guess, overview and oversee the project. Apart from what BrickRaise does, they have um, legal responsibility and they will hold the investor's money on the investor's behalf. So when you invest 
online through BrickRace. The money doesn't go to BrickRace. It goes to this entity, licensed responsible entity, who take care of um, controlling that money on your behalf. So um, there are those fees, basically. The other thing's important to understand is if you are a developer and you already own a site, with the current legislation that we have, it could mean that for us to help you raise finance that we actually have to transfer ownership of that site through to the responsible entity and custodian because um, the law says we have to do it that way when running a managed investment scheme. Now, later on, that might improve. Things might be a bit simpler, but for now, uh, it's a clunky process that we can work with. Uh, best to talk to us before you buy a site and see how we can structure it so you don't have to pay stamp duty again on your site. So, um, bottom line is uh, the question, second question was, if the site, which is worth 1.8 million, is already held in a new company structure, what would determine if it had to be transferred to a new entity? Basically, the laws. So current legislation whereby we must use a retail managed investment scheme means the site must be held that is owned by a custodian on behalf of the investor and the developers. The developer and the responsible entity conclude a management agreement which details rights, responsibilities, and any profit sharing. We've currently got legislation before federal parliament now which could simplify that whole process very much and make it so much easier. So roll on that um, legislation. Though what they've tabled so far in my personal view is just a first step. It's a bit, there's holes in it and it needs further refinements to effectively work well in the future. And now that legislation could remove the need for most of the responsible entity fees which, which are somewhat of a barrier for entry for people. Now, timing on that, who knows? Uh, the legislation is currently before the Australian Parliament, uh, and the Greens and the Labor Party, the opposition, are looking to make, get some changes made, and some of those changes look to make good common sense to me. So let's see what happens. It could be three months, it could be six months, it could be never for that legislation. We just don't know. Um, so that's why BrickRays decided to go ahead with the clunky retail managed investment scheme and get out there in the marketplace now because we know... There are investors out there who've got savings and got credit lines, who've got self-managed super funds who want to invest in property but cannot. It's just cost too much money they can't borrow. And we also know there's plenty of developers out there who are being denied funding because the banks have tightened up. So it's a great time for us to be in the marketplace. Uh, my other comment on that question was, well, New Zealand have got brilliant crowdfunding legislation. that They're so far in front of us, it's not funny. All we need to do is copy our friends from uh, across the ditch. And if we did that, we'd have a brilliant legislation which we could frame up and get going quite quickly. Uh, where the property you currently own, let's say you're a developer, you want to raise some capital, where it has to be transferred, yep. Unfortunately, 99 times out of 100, there will be stamp duty payable uh, and it's a cost of raising those funds and shifting the ownership. So when you look at all of this, it, it does look kind of expensive for a developer to raise capital at first glance. But it's no more than conventional mezzanine lenders who can charge, you know, 15 to 25% or more, uh, and it's a lot more user-friendly. Uh, and it can open up funding sources when traditional lenders are pulled back dramatically. So for you, if you're looking out there to raise capital, it's worth investigating what uh, companies like BrickRaise can do for you. There is plenty more to talk about. If you are a developer, you want to raise capital out there, give a BrickRaise a call. And I'm happy to sit down with you by telephone or meet with you if you happen to be in Melbourne or perhaps Perth. And we can we can talk about what's possible and look to build relationships with developers who have got great products and just need some funding.
We've got a few more questions from a, a gentleman named Todd, and he says, Todd says, I'd like to clarify a few items in regard to my request to raise funds for a new real estate transaction. So, look, we've had so many developers contact us this week, it's just not funny. Anyway, Todd asks, if I select a property, how do I know your office will accept this as suitable security? Well, generally speaking, we at BrickRaise prefer right now capital city projects. In particular, uh, Melbourne and Brisbane are probably our two favourites right now, followed by Sydney and Perth and probably Adelaide. We probably wouldn't be that keen on projects in Hobart. Uh, Adelaide could be okay. Probably not Darwin or Canberra, and we'd be very wary of the Gold Coast. Gold Coast, if you time it right, you can get in and make a lot of money, but if you don't, you can get your fingers badly burned. Uh, Gold Coast is probably the market that cycles the fastest, and you have to be very nimble in there to get in and get out quickly. Um, So next question from um, Todd. Oh, I didn't quite finish that one. The other thing is, if you're looking at, at at a project or a deal, probably best to give us a call and frame it for us and just just see what you're looking at. And that will give us an indication of whether or not, or we'll give you an indication of whether or not we might actually be able to help you. So just let us, yeah, you know, bring us into the, the conversation early. And the earlier, actually, the better. Um, so we would love to help. And the, the earlier we get involved, the better it is for you. Just give us a call again and just talk about what's possible. Uh, next question is, is there a minimum or maximum value of property that is allowed? Well, no minimum maximum value per se, but at the moment, the minimum amount of money that we are raising is will be $500,000. That's because there's quite a lot of set costs involved in getting a, a raise together. And the raise we've got up now for the Mount Waverley Townhouse Project is that it is $500,000. I think already $260,000 has been committed, which is exciting. So there's not much to go on that one. So do get into that one if you want to. Um Generally speaking, as we build our investor base and people become more comfortable with what real estate crowdfunding is, we'll be able to do much larger raises. And I would think that right now the maximum raise would be around the 2 to $3 million mark. But you know what? I can see in the future that there may be times when we can actually raise $10, $20 million or more. All completely possible in time. And that models what's happened in the USA and in the UK uh, over the last few years, how their businesses have grown from quite small raises to quite large ones. As the market became educated and the investors began to understand what it was all about and how exciting it, it could be. Uh, next question is, if the property purchase price is a, is a million dollars, can I raise that $4 million? Generally speaking, no. We like our developers to have some of their own money in the game, what we call skin in the game. Uh, there has to be something up front. Uh, otherwise, it means that what well, we want the developer in there and if something does go wrong, they've got to feel some pain too, same as all of us. So generally speaking, no, you can't raise a whole amount of money. Um, we'd like you at an ideal spot to have at least 10% of equity in the deal. Uh, so more the better, of course. That's We want the, the deals to be as risk-free as possible for our investors. But generally 10% is a starting point. The more the better. And quite frankly, the higher the deposit you have in, the more the investors will, I guess, trust you and be more inclined to invest because they, they want to join in on a good, solid project as well. Next question is this. Um, who needs to value the property prior to the raising? Every single project that we put up on the Brick Race site will have a written, licensed, sworn valuation done, ideally by a valuer who is on the panel of one or more of the major banks. So that value is well-established, well-recognized. They have a license. They have experience. 
and they will give us a fair market value opinion of the project, the land, and also uh, what the project could look like. So that's really important that we, we have that uh, because without it, uh, we're shooting dark and we have to have this sort of background to any raise that, that we do. Next question again from the developer's perspective is, does there need to be a particular rental yield? Well, not really because we aren't really early on talking about rental yields. We're talking about investors getting involved in development projects. And of course, there's no rent on a home once or apartment or a block of land while it's being developed. Now, later on, we expect to be able to offer uh, investments into office buildings and industrial uh, and maybe shopping centers even, which will have a yield of anywhere from 6 to you know 9%, something like that. And investors will be paid on a monthly basis. But for now, um, no, there won't be any particular rental yield that we're looking at until such time as we start looking at offerings for longer term, say five to seven year investment, uh, giving a monthly yield. Uh, follow on question from that, does there need to be a specific rental manager for the property? Well, yes, in the case that there, it is a, an office block or it is a shopping center or something like that, there needs to be an independent licensed professional property manager overseeing the management of that property. I mean, the developer can't do it because that person doesn't really have the kind of expertise that we're looking for. Um, next question is, uh, if the property is suitable for subdivision or development, is this allowable? Of course, this is what we want. Uh, development produces the highest, generally speaking, the highest possible returns. And this is what our investors are looking for. Obviously, there's risk involved. Uh, investors can lose some, all, or part of their money. Uh, ideally, this won't happen, but it is possible. But on the flip side, developments, whether it be land subdivisions, whether it be apartments or townhouses, whatever, they tend to have the highest profit in the shortest time. So for people looking to build their wealth, getting involved as a part of a development project can be a great way to get a return north of 10%. Uh, if further subdivision is allowable, how are the investors notified? This is the next question. Well, bottom line is all investors know straight up, um, they know from reading the product disclosure statement, which is where all the information about the project is based, they have that prior to deciding to invest. So if a developer is looking to subdivide a block of land or, or whatever it is they want to do, the project details will be in the product disclosure statement. So you will know what's going to happen with the land. Uh, and it really, you know, it's not something you, you, you change halfway down the line, unless, of course, you can't get the approvals that you expected uh, or something changes so investors can be kept up to date on the progress of the project via the BrickRaise website because the developers will have access to add-in photographs and information to update. So if you invested in the Mount Waverley project, for example, the developer can you know put up photographs of when the land is 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 cleared and uh, you know when the building starts and give you progress updates. So you can actually follow along that way. Uh, next question from again from someone looking to raise capital is are the investors subject to additional costs this is an interesting question i'm not exactly sure what i'm what what i mean so investors don't pay upfront costs to invest in any uh brick raise crowdfunding project uh, all costs are paid by the developer but i think what this question gets down to is what happens if the project runs out of money and it can't for whatever reason there's a cost blowout and more money is required to finish the project. Well, at this point, the developer, BrickRaise, and the responsible entity will get together and decide where we're at and look at what's required. Is it still profitable and viable? And if so, what's required to, to 
get more money and how much to finish the deal and can we still make the kind of returns that we thought. And under that scenario, it might be necessary to go back and try to raise some more money. I guess the first port of call would be to ask existing investors to get further involved. And if they choose not to, which is their right, uh, we could always uh, look to make a further raise. So general comment, no, not subject to additional costs, but it might be necessary in some circumstances to go back and get some more money uh, on a, a particular project. This is a great question. The developer asks, are the investors entitled to receive any profits or reward from the subdivision or development? Well, yes, very simply. The investors won't get involved if there's no profit or rewards for them. However, the investors will be entitled to either a fixed return, so like a set percentage over a certain period of time or perhaps an annual rate, or they might get a pure profit share, so there'll be no guaranteed return, but they might take part in the upside and, and share in the actual profits of the project. And that might, depending on the success of the project, be a lot higher than a fixed return. If it doesn't go as well as what everyone expects, then the return could be lower than the guaranteed fixed return. So it's also possible that the investor might be offered a combination of both, whereby they can, they can elect to choose a fixed return and some profit share or one or the other. So it's completely possible and the investors are only going to get involved if they think that there's enough reward for their risk. Uh, all of this is discussed and outlined in the product disclosure statement which you can download for each project. So if you go onto the site, to the BrickRace site, and you click into investment offerings or view investments, you'll see the um, Mount Waverley offering up there and you'll see a little bit further down, you'll see a section underneath that, which is related costs or related, sorry, sorry, documents, and you'll see a product disclosure statement with the 34 Price Avenue Waverley address on that. You can download it and complete it online. So, uh, next question is this: uh, Do I, as a developer, need to prove funds are available for future subdivision or development? Well, yes. Um, if developers going to contribute funds, we need to know at BrickRaise that the funds are available and ready to go to settle the property and their contribution is going to be up front uh, before the investor's money goes in. So yes is the answer to that one. All right, in regards to any developments, next question, do you only accept land subdivisions or apartments or townhouses? Uh, BrickRaise can accept any or all of those and really depends on, on the situation as to which we prefer. There are some cities where land will do better and some cities where apartments will do better, and some cities where townhouses are more appropriate. So we'll look at each project on its merits. Uh, must I hold the property for a certain period, three to five years? Well, no. no. Um, in fact, it currently works best if BrickRaise can get involved before the developer has purchased a site because we might need to arrange for documentation to allow for the responsible entity stroke custodian to hold the site on behalf of the investors. Now, if we get their names in the documentation early, uh, then we can probably, possibly, avoid paying double stamp duty, and that custodian would then hold the site as beneficial owners on behalf of the investors. Next question is, who decides the appropriate sale price or the value? Well, the developer, an experienced developer, is going to know what his or her product can sell for. Um, BrickRaise will also do our own research to confirm what those expected selling prices would be. The licensed valuer will also give his or her opinion on what they think uh, uh, the market sales prices will be, and they'll check through the numbers. 
But the best market evidence for what the sale price is going to be is the number of pre-sales. Uh, we'll know if the market will pay the price that's being asked if pre-sales of the blocks or apartments have actually occurred. Uh, next question from the developer's point of view is this one. Regarding the offer to investors, do I firstly need to set up a business, company or trust? Every single project will be held inside a single what we call a special purpose vehicle, which is a single company which only does one thing and that it owns the project that we are offering as an investment. Okay. Once the investment is finished and the project's done, that pro that, that company will be wound up and shut down. All right. That, that way we don't get things mixed up and every investor is very clear on what they're investing in. So are and next question from the developer is are the investors sold units or shares? They're usually issued units, uh, but it would depend on the kind of structure that's required. The responsible entity will advise us on what structure is best suited, but investors usually issued units in proportion to how much they invest. So although these are developer questions, there's a really good series of explanations for you if you're an investor and you're listening out there. So I hope that you're tuning in, and I hope that you're enjoying what I'm sharing with you. Second part of that question is, does your office, that's BrickRace, sell these shares or units or do you use a third party with an AFSL? Yes, we absolutely have the responsible entity take charge of that, that process and they issue those shares or units. Here's a really good question. Uh, if the investors want to secondary trade or redeem their shares or units, can they and how do they do this? So secondary trade means, let's say you make the investment and a year later the project isn't finished yet, it's got a year to go, and for whatever reason you need to access some of the funding that you put into that project. Generally speaking, the developer is not going to give you your money back because it's gone into the project and they may not have the cash to do so. Uh, and nor does BrickRaise offer that facility at this stage. Um, there's no reason why you can't find your own buyer for your units and negotiate a price between you. However, it's quite possible um, that platforms will pop up which offer secondary markets. And there is a one that's just started, a new platform online called primarymarkets.com. So that's one word, primarymarkets.com. They're based in Sydney. And it looks like they might be able to offer a, a listing service for your units or shares in any project that we offer. We've got to do some more research on it because their business is still very new. But it looks like they are a emulation or copy of several similar services in the UK and the US. This is happening now as their businesses are growing. This company's got in quite early, uh, and I think they could be onto something because one of the reasons people would not invest into a project like this is if it took you know one, two, or three years, and the investor only wanted to invest six months or twelve months, they need to know that there's a secondary market way to get out. So last part of that question is, who determines the value of shares or units on a secondary sale? It's very simple. The buyer and the seller will have to agree on a price. Another question is, who determines how many shares or units are on issue and the original asking price? That's done by the responsible entity. Right? And the asking price will be relative to how many shares or units are issued relative to the raise. Uh, developer asks, do I need to create an offer document, information memorandum for the sale, or does your office provide this? That's pretty crazy, of course. Um, obviously, we need a lot of cooperation from the developer to getting information together. Uh, in between the responsible entity and ourselves and yourself, you'll need to do a lot of the work. 
because you'll have the information we won't um, the we can create the PDS there is a fee for this it's about currently speaking about five thousand dollars if BrickRaise has to spend a lot of time doing the developers job for them then we might need to do some cost recovery based on the time that we spend helping you get your document right um, Bottom line, our, our job really is, is marketing, bringing investors together, bringing developers together, and making sure that the projects are good ones uh, and are solid. Uh, it's not our job necessarily to provide all the documentation, although we can help. And we understand that early on, uh, this is a new process for developers as well, although most developers who've been around a bit would have created investment memorandums or even product disclosure statements before. So they'll have some idea of the format. Uh, another developer question is, how does your office, oh, that's BrickRaise, determine that uh, I'm a suitable candidate? Do I need a previous transaction history? 99 times out of 100, yes, you do. Uh, we want to make sure that the developers that we team up with know what they're doing and are capable of opening and closing an offering and getting a deal done. So the only way you can demonstrate that is to have done one. Uh, that might change in the future, but currently speaking, for the foreseeable future, we're only able to deal with experienced developers. And it doesn't mean you have to have you know, done hundreds of millions of projects, dollars worth of projects. You could have just done a couple. But we want to see you've done them and done them successfully. Uh, and we want to be confident that you can do what you say you're going to do before we offer your project to the investors. Uh, second part to that question is, do I need to hold other real estate assets? Usually, we like to see that a developer has got assets and has got money behind them because there are some cases where we'll request a personal guarantee from a developer, uh, which which further uh, ensures that they are very much tied into the project, the same as the investors. All right, a developer question is this. Uh, it says, I've spent most of last year getting the development team together. That's legal people, accounting, valuer, sellers agents, project managers, promoters, construction managers, project manager, directors, architects. And the developer says, obviously each of these People have expertise and professional knowledge and history. These parties would perform the development and leave myself with a backseat approach. This is from a first-time developer who's asked this question. This person has said, look, if I had this team together, all this, this downline professionals, um, would that help? And my answer was quite simple. It says, look, having this team together is a good first step. But thinking they'll do it all for you is not so much a good first step and not so much a good idea. The developer himself or herself needs to be a bit like a general for the development army. Uh, the developer needs to provide leadership, direction, and to make difficult decisions when necessary because all those other people are hired by you, by the developer, and paid by the developer. They're going to look for guidance from you. You cannot expect that they can come up with something that you couldn't. Big part of the developer's role is to envisage what's possible when you look at a site, run some numbers, make sure it's viable, and then direct that team of legal accounting valuer Selling agents, project managers, promoters, construction managers, project managers and architects to do what you want them to do. So just having that team together is never going to be enough in my opinion. This question comes from an investor. It's a great question and it's about interest on deposit. So what that means is the investor goes, great, Craig, I'm excited about the, the Mount Waverley project up on the Brickways uh, site and I think it could be a good one. It offers a 20% return over an 18-month period, which is 13.33%. That's great for me. Uh, he recognizes that it might take a little bit of time to raise all the money required and the investor wanted to know is if they paid the money and transferred it through to the responsible entity's bank account, 
do they get interest while the responsible entity holds their money? And the short answer is yes. There is a section in part two of the product disclosure statement which says that yes, interest is repayable in the event that all the money needed, in this case of the Mount Waverley deal, uh, is not raised. Um, so interest would be re- added to uh, the amount that you invested and refunded to you, less any bank charges or taxes that, that banks will levy. But it also says you'll never get less than what you actually invested. Okay, so really good question. Uh, another one from an investor. I want to invest $50,000 into uh, a crowdfunding deal. And they ask, if they do that, what do they actually get in return for their money? What do they own? And in most cases, the answer to that is, you don't own bricks and mortar per se. What you'll own is units or shares in the entity which owns the bricks and mortar. So if you invest $50,000 into, say, a $500,000 raise, you're going to own a notional 10%, so $50,000 to $500,000, 10% of the entity that um, owns that, that property. So that's how your shares will be calculated. So you'll own shares rather than bricks or mortar per se. Uh, so what's your money invested in? In that case, it'd be a, a, a project, and, and you decide what your money's invested in, whether it's residential or, or land or whatever it is. Uh, and you benefit usually uh, at the end of the project. Once the, the, the land or the, or the apartments or townhomes are sold, uh, the bank is, the, the, the construction lender is paid first, then the investor is paid, and then the developer is paid whatever profit is left. All right, there's another question. Um, the PDS or the product disclosure statement, and this is a um, this is someone who's reading the product disclosure statement for the Mount Waverley deal that's currently open on the Brickways site. Uh, the question is: the, the PDS shows the developer purchased the land worth 1.1 million using a loan of 75% LVR. The PDS shows the developer seeks to f- so in other words, they've got about 300 grand equity into it so far. The PDS shows the developer seeks to fund the construction loan of a proxy 1.2 using the 500,000 raises equity. Therefore, it's a 50% LVR proxy. Yes. Here's the question. It's interesting. What's the guarantee the developer will maintain payments and prevent a bank foreclosure of the investment? Well, I don't know if there is any guarantee, but bottom line is the developer already has $300,000 invested into the deal and probably um, We'll put more equity into it as the home has been constructed. I can't see any reason why they'd voluntarily just walk away from that. And if they did, the responsible entity would have rights to enter the project and complete it. Uh, and of course, there's all that equity uh, which is sitting there, which would help us do so and finish the project. Uh, question is, what is the cost uh, for Guardian? Now, Guardian is the responsible entity, which is for the for the um, Project BrickRaise has up now for the Mount Waverley project. What's the cost for them to release a PDS? It's $5,000 to start with. Uh, so there's your answer there. And this is a great question that I got asked as well. Uh, really interesting. It was this. Uh, I'd like to ask if you're prepared to sell BrickRaise in part or full. So the investor says, I don't want to be a part of the everyday operations. Just want to take a back seat and you know, watch you grow your business and, and do what you do. <laughs> I'm so pleased that people out there are seeing the vision. I think real estate crowdfunding is going to be huge. It is the next generation of real estate investing. There's so much to learn with this and so much excitement around it, but it's still way too early 
for me to consider selling the company. It's not why I, why I developed it, why I created it. I created it because there are people out there who want to, can, and you know, and need to invest in real estate but can't. And there are developers out there who have got great projects but just can't get funding. So it's a brilliant match. It's a match made in heaven. I wanted to be amongst the first to be out there and start changing all that and improving conditions for those people. So that's my reason for being. Uh, I expect it to be a very profitable company. And at some point, yes, we'll look at offering shares in the business so we can grow it. So there'll be a capital raising, but that's still some time off just yet. I want to make sure that we can get our raises open and closed, get our systems right, and then we'll look at um, a capital raising. And, and there might be investors then who want to take part in that. And the person who asked that question may choose to do so then. So there you go. That's the second of our Brick Raise Real Estate Crowdfunding Special. Some very specific questions, mostly orientated from a developer's perspective, but the answers very, very relevant to you if you're an investor. I hope you've enjoyed this half hour or so and you have learnt a lot. Uh, if you want to ask specific questions about the current Mount Waverley Raise, it, it looks to me like to being a great little project and I think worthy of your support though you need to decide that for yourself. I cannot and will not recommend it, not under the licensing that we've got. So I'm not recommending it. You need to decide that for yourself and take any independent financial advice that you think appropriate. But if you have questions about the project and you want to ask, I strongly recommend that you either email us uh, at hello at brickraise.com or if you choose to do so, you could also contact our Melbourne office which is at South Bank, and that phone number is 1-300-845-565. You'll reach me or one of my team will leave a message, ask your question, and we'll be back in touch as soon as possible. We'll set up a phone appointment so we can answer any questions that you have. Looking forward to having you on board uh, as an investor. If you choose, if you want to get involved in the excitement and and perhaps make some real estate development profits, this is a great way to do it. Thanks for listening in, and I look forward to speaking to you next week on Radio Wealth. Thanks for listening to Radio Wealth. The Radio Wealth podcast is produced for your enjoyment. And show notes are found at my website, www.craigturnbull.com or over at iTunes. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow me on Twitter at craigturnbull underscore and also over at Facebook. You can join in the show by sending in your questions to hello at craigturnbull.com. Radio Wealth, inspiration and guidance for next generation property investors.